0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to SCADCast. Thank you for joining us, I'm Matt Nickley. He's a proud SCAD fashion graduate from the class of 2016, and fashion's brightest young star, Christopher John Rogers. And that's not just my SCAD bias talking, no way, no how. Take it from the Council of Fashion Designers of America, the CFDA. In 2019, he received the CFDA Vogue Fashion Fund's top prize, which catapulted the CJR brand into the limelight. In 2020, the CFDA named him the American Emerging Designer of the Year, and then just one year later, the CFDA named him American Women's Wear Designer of the Year. His eponymous brand launched right here at the 2016 SCAD Senior Fashion Show, and soon after. Cardi B was seen wearing CJR's Eddie coat to the BET Hip Hop Awards. Today, you can find Christopher John Rogers at select retailers including Saks, Bergdorf's, and Netta Porter. He also released a highly anticipated collection with Target in 2021 that literally everyone in my office ran out the door to get their hands on before it quickly sold out, and he just released a collaboration with furniture designer Orior. On top of all this limelight and success, the CJR story is really one of collaboration and committed friendship. Three of his fellow 2016 graduates, Alexandra Tyson, David Rivera, and Christina Ripley, came together after hours and late into the night to help sew, style, and create in Roger's Brooklyn apartment in order to get the brand off the ground. All were actively working and thriving in the fashion industry, but they believed in the Christopher John Rogers brand. And more importantly, shared the SCAD hustle to see it through. It was our honor to welcome this creative team back to SCAD for Fashion Weekend, where Rogers was presented with the Andre Leon Talley Award by his first boss in fashion, Diane von Furstenberg. Of course, he was keen to catch up with Paula Wallace to discuss where the CJR brand has been and where it is going. From SCADcast, this is On Creativity. A conversation between Paula Wallace and Christopher John Rogers.
1: Christopher, it is such a pleasure to welcome you back to SCAD for a Fashion Show Weekend and to honor you with the first Andre Leon Talley Award since his passing. And this beyond momentous to me because he was such a dear friend and you're such a favorite of mine.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Do you remember a few years back at a SCAD alumni party in New York when you confided to me your plans to start your own label with several of your SCAD friends? What emboldened you to take that step and what led up to the moment when you shared that secret with me?
2: Um, I think I always knew that I wanted to have my own brand. Um, It's something that's always um, just been a passion of mine and a dream of mine. And so I kind of knew that it would always happen eventually, I just never knew how. Um, And I think, you know, after graduating and after becoming um, such close friends with the people that I met on my journey at SCAD um, and becoming collaborators um, post-graduation, I think it was just something that kind of happened naturally and something um, that I knew I wanted to share with you because you've always been such a champion of not only me, but of so many um, SCAD graduates, so.
1: Mm Was it was amazing, and it came true.
2: Yeah, your did, prediction did. <laughs> came
1: true. But I mean, that's a lot of planning. Like, how did you know how to start? Well,
2: um, I didn't really know. I thought, um, you know, maybe I would have like a Perunda, uh, like Schuler wrote, where you make an amazing collection, and then a store comes and sees it and picks up the whole line. Mm-hmm. Um, but that didn't necessarily happen for me, um, and that kind of um just kind of emboldened me to like figure it out on my own and sort of see where the cards landed um in a way where the cards fell um but i would just meet with you know christina on a weekend or in the evening she'd come to my apartment and we would talk about business plan ideas um david lived with me and so i would show him some of my sketches and we would kind of collaborate on what to do next and alexandra would drive from rhode island and just like sew things with me and it was all kind of very natural, and I think once I kind of realized, you know, I've been, you know, lucky enough and blessed enough to have all these people in my life to work with me, mm-hmm. um, who understood where I was coming from. I think mm-hmm. things just kind of fell into place.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had the solidity of these friends, you yeah. know, and you you knew you knew you could trust them. Yeah, I think that's so important.
2: It really is, and like knowing. Um, who your tribe is and sort of going with your gut and also knowing that um, you don't necessarily have to be everything to everyone. And maybe that's sometimes the best thing.
1: In what ways do you think SCAD was able to help you realize your success on the path to winning that CFDA Vogue Fashion Fund Award in 2019? That was a big step.
2: That that was a big step. Um, I mean, I think my experience at SCAD was really formative um, for me. Um, Growing up in the South, there were certain aesthetic um, inclinations that I had and I felt like sort of being in an environment that felt warm and kind of like a hug, you know, Mm -hmm. allowed me the space to fully um, or more fully express that than maybe if I went, you know, somewhere else or lived in a different city um, studying fashion. So I think just kind of all my experiences and... Um, even post grad, like there's such a large community of um, SCAD grads in New York City, um, and I mean all around the world, mm-hmm. that you can kind of call on for advice or to sort of, um, you know, just like ruminate on ideas with. So, yeah,
1: mm-hmm. a fashion insider who was part of that selection process told me later that you really stood out for your ability to clearly state your intentions and your vision mm-hmm. for your business, and I know at SCAD we teach in a critique based yeah you know learning and teaching situation
2: yeah for sure and i think that also yeah like the the critique format definitely really helped Mm -hmm. um i think we're you know david and christine and alexandra and i um increasingly um although it can be difficult we Are quite clear with each other and um, aren't necessarily afraid of hurting each other's feelings Um, and we have like an open space and I think um, like learning in an environment that fostered um, critique I think was again like really formative and really um, important and really kind of knowing again like what you stand for and being able to communicate that again and again Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: Your list of accomplishments is getting so long that I had to write them all down. (laughs) You know, so you had those three major awards, um, well, more than that, really, plus the collaboration with Target, an appearance on Gossip Girl. That must have been fun. (laughs) Uh, Gowns in the Costume Institute and the beautiful New York City ballet costumes, which I was so honored to see live. Um, I mean, this is like... So amazing, all the things that you've accomplished. I mean, obviously, you have a strong work ethic. You get things done. And, uh, and people are, you know, looking to you. They're appreciating it, like Vice President Harris stepping out on Inauguration Day, wearing a monochromatic CJR dress and coat ensemble. Well, that must have been a real watershed moment. The next morning, your name was everywhere. Absolutely. When did you learn she was going to wear your design?
2: Um, I learned that she would be wearing the design the day of. I got the text from this, you know, her stylist um, saying she's wearing it, get ready. Um, but prior to that, I think a few months, um, actually, like a few days after, actually, not even a few days, like the day of the election and the announcement, um, I got um, a text from her stylist saying, you know, this is happening. I really want her to wear you. And um, as with any sort of celebrity placement or editorial request, you never know if something's going to run or if someone's actually going to wear something until you see it. Um, so I kind of was, you know, like bracing myself for her not to be wearing it and for her to wear whatever she felt most comfortable presenting herself in in that moment. Um, and I just felt really humbled that it was a look that we worked so hard on. So, beautiful.
1: yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Fashion media is such an important part of a designer's success. We speak to the process of garnering attention from, well, magazine editors, but stylists and social media influencers. You know, how are you on TikTok, Christopher?
2: I'm horrible on TikTok. I need to get better. Um, Now I understand the importance of maybe hiring someone to work on that. But um, I was lucky enough to grow up with Instagram in a way. I think I got my Instagram account when I was in like 11th grade in high school, like 2011 or 2010. Um, And so kind of like growing up with the platform, I knew the best ways to sort of... um, I guess, like, reach out to people or discover people. And so I would either DM someone or I'd find their email based on their website and kind of just finesse in a way. And I think that's kind of the story. I mean, even up until now, sort of figuring it out and going with your gut and taking a chance. And so um, I think probably one of the best ways to garner attention is just being authentic. And again, like, taking a chance and messaging someone and saying, this is what I have to offer. Yeah. How do you like it? And, mm-hmm. you know,
1: and they like it. Uh, and they like it, yeah. <laughs> Having a celebrity photographed in one of your designs is important too. Like people like Adele, Lady Gaga, Lil Nas photographed, in CJR Bills, your brand. What's the process when it comes to cultivating these beneficial relationships with stars like these? Do you deal directly with them or with their stylists?
2: Um, so it's a mix of both. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more recently it's been um, a pleasure to actually get to work with the clients themselves um, in addition to their stylists but um, in the beginning and still now it's very much um, stylists reaching out or magazine editors reaching out um, saying we love this collection we love this piece we'd love to um, feature it or Mm -hmm. attempt to feature it Mm -hmm. and I think um, what's been interesting for us is really um, being declarative and intentional about who we dress, um, what they represent, not just for us, but the world at large. Mm-hmm. And how can we form a symbiotic relationship that makes sense for both parties? Um, because again, like everything isn't for everyone. And um, we kind of can't, we also only have a few um, of each sample or one of each sample. So we have to be really specific about um, who we're lending to and what it means. So um yeah really important but mm-hmm. to, to lend and to dress these people and to have these opportunities but it's also um at least for me becoming increasingly more important to um, be specific about who we work with
1: are you designing the fabric Patterns, too?
2: Yeah. So I usually do all of the stripes because it's easy to do. Um, (laughs) And then I have a collaborator who I met actually at DBF um, during my time working there. Her name's Morgan Hill, Mm -hmm. Morgan F. Hill. Um, And she's incredibly talented. And so I work with her on some of these prints. Actually, all of these are her doing except for that that abstract print um, Mm -hmm. behind you. Mm -hmm. Um, And his name is Braulio Amato. And Mm -hmm. he's a really talented graphic um signer that i work with sometimes
1: good so pick your tribe there yeah the sarah jessica parker gown was the talk of the 2022 met ball so tell me about your first conversation with her
2: so her Mm -hmm. my first conversation with um sarah jessica um for that look happened over zoom Um, i had the pleasure of meeting her i think a year prior during a talk that we did Um, but it was nice to actually get to know her a little bit more intimately and um, she actually found the reference for the dress, um, which was by Elizabeth Keckley, um, a seamstress, and she really wanted to highlight um, someone from a, you know a marginalized background that maybe didn't have the opportunity to shine um, in the past. And so I thought that was a really beautiful story and a great way to collaborate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, that was like my first time mm-hmm. really speaking to her.
1: It's really a fairy tale gown.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the patchworking, um, obviously a motif that I love um, mm-hmm. and is reoccurring in a lot of collections was so um, fun to bring mm-hmm. um, to a bigger stage. Mm-hmm. Fabulous.
1: Well, we can find Christopher John Rogers ready to wear in sacks and bird doors and select boutiques. And you famously did a line for target as well. You said in the past that you enjoy the strategic side of your business. I think that's so important. Can you share some of the pros and cons of doing ready to wear versus made to measure and how the move into retail changed your business model?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think we started out, um, Doing predominantly made to measure for private clients. Um, and at the time we weren't very well known. So it was it was hard to make a living um, doing that. Um, in fact, we kind of really didn't make a ton of money. Um, mm-hmm. And then um, our goal, my goal was really to do ready-to-wear and provide a lot of different types of people with clothing mm-hmm. um, that allowed them to express themselves. And I think a pro is obviously getting to reach more people, and then mm-hmm. in turn having more made-to-measure and private clients. Um, and I think maybe some challenges are, which I also find exciting. Um, I guess is making sure that you're that you're catering for all the different types of people that want to wear your clothes mm-hmm. um, from a really specific aesthetic point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been exciting to see. Um, I mean, for me, obviously, I love a celebrity moment, but I also love just seeing. A normal person walking down the street and Thank you. you know you know like <laughs> and something amazing that they bought themselves that they really really love so mm-hmm. that's what brings me the most joy
1: i see you feature on instagram like people who send you photographs yeah and, and showing how they styled and how they wore yeah and how they were delighting in um uh, in what you had designed and that's very gratifying i mean gosh you favorite. see something somebody walking down the street and you're Design is like hearing your song, on the, you know, on, on the radio. On the I imagine, <laughs> yeah.
2: It's so, it's so surreal.
1: Mm-hmm. Amazing. You said you want to create a palace where people can work and be free and come up with ideas. Tell me more.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, um, I think in, in New York um, and maybe American fashion in general, I kind of feel like we're in a place where there are less and less opportunities for people to really... Um, express themselves, I think, in a fashion space. Um, And so I kind of hope that, you know, it definitely won't happen overnight, but one of my dreams is really to sort of build a company that's large enough to house so many different types of people. Um, Obviously, I'd love to also expand the categories that we're offering currently. And so just really creating a place where people can come and feel free and feel inspired and express themselves at work and um, yeah.
1: Wow. The so what other categories would you like to go into?
2: Um, I mean, I love the idea of home. I love the idea of um, accessories. Um, beauty is something that I feel like I have a really strong point of view on. And so I feel like um, with time, obviously, those categories will come to fruition. But um, yeah, those are some things that excite me for sure. Yeah.
1: Well, you're so patient, it seems like, but yet you've made such strides and such progress.
2: Thank you. Exactly. I mean, I feel like I'm really impatient, but I try. <laughs> I try. Patience with the virtue. Yeah.
1: The vibrancy of your color palettes is astounding. Where did your fascination with color begin? I heard about Bert and Ernie and yeah. the Power Rangers uh, being some of your early style icons.
2: Yeah. I mean, Sesame Street, um, Teletubbies, I think just television. Um, and comic books and really graphic color always arrested me for some reason. Um, I actually started taking art classes when I was in first grade. Um, And the thing that I hated the most was using charcoal or doing a graphite (laughs) drawing, but you 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 have to learn the foundations. Mm -hmm. But I think what always excited me was, one of my favorite classes actually at SCAD was color theory and just mixing colors and layering things and the math and science behind visuals, I think. You know, a mix of um, I, something really cerebral with something really um, intuitive, I think, is exciting. And I feel like Colored
1: does that. Mm-hmm. Heather Zetmary, right? Yes, yes. exactly. Yes. Yeah, she's a big fan of yours. Uh-huh. Everybody at SCAD is. I mean, you were like such a wonderful student here. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's just so gratifying to all of us to see you, you know, just thriving and living your dream. And it means so Thank much you. to us. Thank to so be a part of your story. I think coming out of COVID too, it seems like people were so ready to embrace color. I mean, do you think, I mean, you started Absolutely. with color before that, but.
2: Yeah, but I think, um, I think sort of li- not, well, living in a post-COVID world or, um, I think the past few years um, with people dealing with the pandemic and sort of being isolated, being alone, sort of maybe experiencing, um not the most positive feelings. I think mm. having a boost of serotonin from color or from print or from volume really gave people um, and, are, and is continuing to give people some excitement. And, um, you know, every day is a promise. And I think people want the tools to be able to express themselves at every moment. And so uh, I'm grateful that, you know, the clothes that we're making can provide that for people.
1: When you get custom uh, requests, what are what are people asking for?
2: When we get custom requests, usually it's um, something wed- wedding-related or bridal, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, or some Have you um, done amazing. A yeah, actually, oh. we just did um, a yellow wedding dress or, or a top and skirt um, for a bride who got married in Mexico. Oh. Um, gorgeous! Mm-hmm. And um, so it's either that or it's like pieces that are really special that we didn't go into that didn't go into production and people sort of request those things but
1: mm-hmm. how do they yeah. know about them
2: they go on Vogue runway or they'll see someone wearing it and say oh where can i buy this and it's like unfortunately the store didn't pick it up so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and then we sort of do a song and dance and we figure out if we can make it for them
1: but yeah fantastic yeah it. You've called your aesthetic, pragmatic, glamour. And I love the fact that we can now see a design and immediately say, well, that's a Christopher John Rogers. When I see things, I mean, like your strawberry skirt um, or strawberry dress. So you have classics already, but you don't want to be limited. What surprises are awaiting for us with the next collection?
2: Mm. (laughs) Um, I think... Um, for me, what's exciting were now? are doing a lot of
1: shirt dresses. A lot of shirt dresses.
2: I think, um, for the new collection that we're doing, um, which is coming out soon, um, I'm interested in exploring colors that feel a bit more, um, not melancholic, but sort of live in the liminal space between vibrant, uh, high vibrancy and something a bit lower. Um, so playing with new types of colors for me, um tailoring is becoming even more important Mm -hmm. and um a line that feels closer to the body and a little bit more trim i think
1: Mm -hmm. yeah okay yeah looking for it so you're a hero to some of our scad students i'd like to ask uh, what were some aha moments that stand out to you from class for instance can you talk about the importance of knowing how to speak about your work that's a big priority here at scad and now we have you know, SCAD AMP, which is a presentation mm. studio, which helps students to amplify their stories. Amazing.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, I think two big aha moments for me. Um, one of them is, which is really humbling. Um, I think sophomore year, I was taking um, a of One mm-hmm. and I, you know, learned how to sew in high school. And so I kind of thought I knew a little bit of everything and I... Um
1: did Sachi out her um, her time yeah
2: yeah <laughs> so Sachi <laughs> yeah so I basically um submitted a project to Sachi and um she gave me enough an and she's like this this isn't good enough and I was really shocked mm-hmm. um but what that taught me was that I really needed to humble myself in order to like get to the next step um mm-hmm. for me and you know working longer hours and going over things and really trying to make sure that things are as perfect as they can be for your point of view was something i learned from her which um, i still keep with me to this day um i end up getting an a which i love yeah. and then i think the next lesson i um, going back to amplifying voices i think um was really having to speak about your working class and um trying to stand out i think amongst um so many other really talented people in your class and really making sure that you have something different to say for sure. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, that's a challenge. Yeah. Diane von Furstenberg is presenting you with the Andre Leon Talley Award. What added meaning will the award hold coming directly from her and named for him?
2: Well, um, I mean, I started my professional fashion career at TBF um, and I think You know, the longer I worked there, the closer that I got with her and the more that I got to know her and to have her presenting the award definitely feels very full circle for me. Um, And although I never really got the pleasure of of meeting Andre in person, I think he was such a beacon of light and and hope and fun and fashion, which I think really set the stage for so many of my peers and myself. And so um, I'm just really humbled and, it's kind of surreal, actually. So, yeah, it just means a lot, I think, for sure. Yeah. Oh,
1: welcome home. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, you represent invention, courage, tenacity, and supreme accomplishment. You hold a very special place in my heart um, as a most treasured alum, and there are decades of continued stardom ahead of you. Thank, Thank you for being with me today.
2: Thank you so, so much for having me. It was Yay. a pleasure. <laughs>
0: I hope you enjoyed hearing from Christopher John Rogers. You can see more of the world of CJR at ChristopherJohnRogers.com and you can check him out on Instagram so you don't miss a thing. And on a very exciting note, Christopher John Rogers has launched into the furniture world with his collaboration with Orior. It's amazing to see that this interview recorded just months ago where he talks about wanting to get into home decor and extending his brand has literally done just that. Congratulations to the whole CJR team, SCAD loves you, and we can't wait to see you again back on campus. Thank you for tuning in to SCADcast and On Creativity, executive produced and hosted by SCAD president and founder Paula Wallace, with original music by SCAD alumnus George Lovett. We'll see you next week.